calling all consumer goods, business owners, and marketing professionals. Does planning content ahead of time stress you out? Do you want to run Instagram and Facebook ads, but just aren't sure where to start? If your answer is yes and yes, then our mini course was made for you. It's 100% free and packed with essential tactics that you can implement as soon as today. To join in, visit our website at umymarketing.com slash mini course. All right, let's get on with the pod. Welcome to the Umai Social Circle, where we talk consumer goods tips to help business owners and marketers grow. We're Allison and Karen, co-founders of Umai Marketing, and we're being joined today with Diana Bashara, founder of the bold, inventive hot sauce brand, Cantina Royal, who also happens to be a member of our Consumer Goods Growth Course. Welcome, Diana. It's so good to have you. Hi, guys. Yes, it's so great to see you, too. We've been talking, it's, I joined during COVID and you know it's been a weird time and it's just great to even vir- virtually to be able to see you guys face to face. I know. So yeah, we were super excited to talk to you today. Um, love your hot sauces, your chili oil. So really let's dive in. And if you could give our listeners an idea of who you are and how you came to create your brand. Sure, you got it. Well, as most things in life, I feel like I came to this kind of circuitously. I come from a family of small business owners and entrepreneurs and makers. But like when I was a kid, you know, I was going to be an actress. I was an art school kid. I went through middle school and high school and college all doing that. So I was like one of the first ones to feel blindsided by suddenly finding myself in the business world. But it actually isn't so weird, I don't think now, because I honestly, I grew up in it, you know, especially with family businesses. It's like all hands on deck all the time. I get the ethos of it. I had examples of it. So I kind of naturally-ish fell into it it but like through the back door. So I uh I came to CPG World through hospitality. Uh I actually ran a restaurant and bar for 10 years in Williamsburg, Brooklyn of the same name, Cantina Royal. That is the that was the brick and mortar space. Uh and I came into that world because I was uh happened to be dating the chef and He was, you know, as you get with small businesses, he quickly became really overwhelmed when some of his partners kind of faded into the background and he was left shouldering this, you know, this whole situation on his own. And for kind of selfish reasons, because I wanted to see more of him, I uh, started looking at the operations and just kind of seeing places where things could be pretty quickly and easily improved. And, and then, you know, fast forward 10, I guess, 12 years now, um, we're no longer together like that, but we are like married as a business couple. And um, yeah, so we kind of rocked with that for a while, but I always, we had these amazing hot sauces actually in-house in the restaurant. So we were making them and have Chef Julio, who's uh, my chef partner in this. Uh, He is just like a Dr. Frankenstein of spicy. I've just, he's from Mexico City, Um, you know, grew up with like a jalapeno in hand, I feel like. 
crunching on it in between bites of meals. And it was just a natural thing for him. Long story short, um, everyone was like obsessed with the sauces. It always kind of was a pet project in the back of my mind. Like one day I'm going to get these like shelf ready, going to do all that. But you know, it was not just a restaurant and bar. It was an event space. I did a lot of outside uh, catering and like liquor licensing work and permitting in NYC. So it just was later, later I'll do that. And then finally it was like, you know what? It's time. We really have to do it. When I think what really put me over the edge, I don't know what happened. We must've gotten written up in like a Japanese like guidebook or something. We started getting all of these groups of like Japanese people coming and being like spicy salsa, spicy salsa. And I was like, what's going on? And um, yeah, it was like, we, we got to sell these. We got to bottle these and sell these. Like people were stealing it off the tables. It was like a whole mess. So we're like, we might as well just get this done and get it going. And so, and then we did, we did. It was definitely a, a totally different, even though it's still in food, it's like a totally different ball game, totally different business. But thankfully, I mean, it's been growing enough that it's our full-time job now. And it's probably like something I'm the most proud of. I'm like, oh, this was like a side thing. And, but I, I knew it had legs to it. And I'm, I'm glad that that was true. <laughs> That's such a testimonial to like people coming in and wanting to steal the hot sauce off the table. And, like, so, do you still not know why this like influx of foreigners were coming? I out? still don't know. I mean, I like looked it up, tried to on the internet. I couldn't really find anything. I mean, people just when I would ask, they'd be like, "No, we heard about it." I I don't I don't know if it was like one person sending like. Who, who knows? I, I really don't know, but it, it made us be like, hold up. Like, this is not just a New York thing. Mm-hmm. We could, you know, and obviously, you know, it's, it's awesome. And it sounds fancy. Like, oh, I have a restaurant in New York, but like, you can just reach such a wider audience in the CPG world that you could never otherwise reach in a brick and mortar. And that's been something that's been really exciting for us. Um, especially for Julio, who feels really, uh, really strongly like a tie to his culture and his place. Like he's a, he's an immigrant here. He came to this country and and is doing this. And it's really nice to be able to support. Like we we try when we can to work with you know small sustainable farmers like that are practicing you know crop rotation and things like that, you know, where like the chilies grow in the shade of like the coffee plant and it's all like this beautiful biodiverse, like the way it should be. Um, and you can taste it. You can taste the difference. Like peppers have a terroir just like wine does. And there's something about the richness of that soil. And I mean, it, it just makes for really beautiful, like nuanced, lovely sauces. So part of, part of our mission is always like to share that, like, bounty from Mexico and the U.S. is starting to get it in a way bigger way but you know there's always loads more to go and we hope that we can be a small part of that you know shift in consciousness that things from Mexico are not like just cheaper or whatever you know that there's that there's quality that there's you know nuance it's not just hot like 
Mm-hmm. All those things are really important to us. Yeah, it kind of sounds like the coffee industry and how like such mm-hmm. slight things like altitude, soil, like so many things factor in and you just have no idea. But absolutely. I, I'm wondering what, if anything, was helpful that you took from being successful in the restaurant industry that made starting and growing a CPG brand easier? So I think that you come across so many different people from all walks of life when you're, especially when you're not just running a business like that, where you have your front facing and have a lot of public, but like then add like NYC into the mix. And it's like people from all walks of life, all cultures, all places passing through or living there. What, you know, it's like, it really is a hodgepodge, a melting pot, whatever you want to call it. There's just so many different people. And I think that, you know, just having to navigate that and talk to a lot of different people and also kind of like, well, one thing I took from it is when you're going into a new field or whatever, you, there's going to always be things that you don't know. And you don't know, oftentimes you don't know what you don't know. So just like I went into that world where it's not like, I'm not a restaurant expert. I had never even worked in a, like I was the one actress that had never had a waitressing job ever. I had like other gig jobs, but never, ever, ever before that moment when I stepped in like that, had I even worked in a restaurant and it's its own business, you know, it's its own business with its own set of rules, its own ecosystem to it. So you have to be like, I don't know what I don't know. And I was one thing I, I was never afraid of asking questions and never too precious with my answer to them because what did I know? And eventually you do start to know. But I just kind of began everything. And I took that definitely into CPG land of like, I don't know what I don't know. And I know how to talk to people, though. And I will ask them anything and everything that I can and try to give on my side, try to give what I can in whatever way to them, too. Like, it's not just a one way street of me asking everything. Right. Yeah. Like the giving back part, I think is so prevalent. And um, one of the things that I love the most about the CPG community is people really are like giving with their time and their super. um, It's been amazing. Like, and also it's so cool that every, I, I don't know that many industries where people come from so many different like businesses. You don't have to have any background in food at all to start a CPG, well, to start anything really, but you really see founders coming from all sorts of different backgrounds, bringing all sorts of different wealths of other knowledge to, mm-hmm. to it. So it's, it's been really cool. I've just loved yeah. everyone. Yeah. And all that background kind of just makes it better and better, but love what you said about um, staying curious and just not being, you know, embarrassed to ask the questions that you know, you need to know. And you mentioned earlier that you started your, um, your building currently your commercial kitchen space, what led you to that decision? And how has it been so far? It's 
been an adventure, let's say. So, you know, NYC is what short on real estate or rather real estate is at a premium, let's say. So we were looking into a lot of different options. It was important for my partner, for Chef Julio to stay in control of like in quality control of the sauce. Like now we're producing much larger amounts and a lot of people move that to co-packers or, you know, whatever when they can, but he really wanted to maintain manufacturing ourselves. So, you know, we've been exploring, especially when we, cause we moved, as I told you, we moved on from our brick and mortar and it's been just navigating that. Uh, so now we're really psyched. We're in a new space in Long Island City. It gave us awesome rates. The landlords are, uh, you know, on our side, which is important. Uh, we just found out we're like neighbors with Levan, the bakery. Like the building isn't very much um, food and beverage orientated as of now, but now we're the two that are in here. So that's fun. Fancy. Uh, yeah. So they're the first floor and we're the penthouse, I guess. We got a penthouse. Ish, ish. It's like this. It's one of the top floors that has this little outcropping. I love it. We'll, we'll, you know, when you guys come to New York, it'll be all ready and we'll do like a dinner. We've got like a fun little space where we can seat 16. So oh, you guys should have. Got it. Oh, we do. Absolutely. Well, it'll come, but those are, those are invite only. They're not open. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks. Thanks Well, that is a big win. I mean, having your own space is such a free. I mean, so what it really does is it positions us to be able to take on some bigger, I mean, it just positions us to scale better, which is like when we made that decision to not co-pack, that became our main concern. Like, not growing too fast for our capacity, basically, because the last thing you want to do is say yes to something and then not be able to fulfill it, you know, or have hiccups in that or whatever, or something that, you know, stress you out in one way and then you lose a quality control. So it's been important for me uh, to be able to kind of set that roadmap based on where we are. And this is like a really important next step for that. So I'm super excited. We're, you know, ready to gear up for holiday production, just like the millisecond that everything is ready. That's exciting. That's so exciting. Mm -hmm. Well, another big win. And I don't know, you know, I I don't know what the process was like, and I don't know how helpful this will be to other CPG brands, but I'm so curious because I am obsessed with Hot Ones. I could watch that Uh, on repeat. So fun. So how, like, how can you, like, how did that even start? How did you get your hot sauce on that show? This is not going to be helpful to almost (laughs) anyone. And for that, I'm sorry. it, I mean, that's just like lucky us. We were in NYC. So it is a Williamsburg, despite, you know, it's has a little place on the map in a lot of people's heads, some people's hearts, but more people's heads. And it grows really fast. It turns over really fast. But there still is this like poor, when we started there, 
there was no other businesses on our street. Like now our same block right at the, like at a half block away is the Trader Joe's in Williamsburg that like people had been waiting for, for years and years. So just, you know, there was no business and now like everyone has to go down that street to hit the Trader Joe's. So, I mean, growth, all those things, gentrification, all those things, but there was a core of like community there that made it feel sort of like a little village, especially amongst other business owners and like all the old artists that have like lived there forever and stayed and saw everything change. So it just so happened to turn out that there's a fun hot sauce store down the street from us, a couple blocks away. The guys, super chill, super nice buddies of ours. They, we were like their Mexican spot that they went to. And obviously since they had a hot sauce store, they were obsessed with Julio sauces. And they're like, whenever you get these ready, like, let us know, like, any, you know, like obviously you're in the shop right away, but when they're like ready, ready, like let us know. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And they're like going to comedy shows in the back and like, you know, it's their local. And little did we know that these guys actually curate the whole lineup for the show. Like, no idea. We had no idea. That highlights the importance of being nice. I mean, you should always be nice to everybody. But you like, should always be nice to everybody. But and just like you never know. But you really don't know. And they're like, and it was so it was such an interesting conversation when we were finally ready for it because they're like, you need to let us know, like if you're ready, ready. And it was a conversation between us because they're like, we've seen this great smaller companies and you guys are our friends and we want to see you succeed. Like we would never want to do that to you. Like we understand what it means, but like you guys need to understand what it really means. And that was a little situation of saying yes and then making it happen. But I'm but it was definitely a conversation and I'm so I'm like so proud of us for doing that. And we found out later that we were the only, there's 10 sauces every lineup, right? We were the only people to deliver before the delivery date that they told us was like, you cannot deliver past the state. And obviously they built in some wiggle room, but we like, we took it as like sacro scent and like, no matter what, no matter if I had to like put caps on bottles all night long or whatever you have to do in that first, like CPG owners will understand that like first big run where it's like all hands on deck. Um, I was going to make that happen. Thankfully, I don't have to do that anymore. But um, but yeah, we made it happen. And and it was like a it was like a really lovely like it, it felt really community. Give it, and yeah, and it was it's a it's a partnership that's still like flourishing to this day. So that's how we that's how we got on it. Yeah, not so helpful to anyone. But I do know that they take submissions and I do know that they like are always interested in new, interesting, exciting. Like they just don't want things that taste like everything else. Yeah, for so, sure. And I mean, mm-hmm. this could be helpful to other brands because it kind of reminds me of, you know, when a brand gets into like a Walmart 
or a target. And they have to like prepare for this huge influx of like responsibilities that they might not have been prepared for. And that's kind of the same thing. They were like, you need, like, are you ready? Are you ready to sell your, your hot sauce? And I mean, that's something that you guys have to always think about because I'm glad you said yes and it worked out, but sometimes you do have to say no if you're not prepared. So I think that absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then trusting that if some, well, a journey for me has been like trusting that if someone was interested, if you can't say yes right at that moment, it doesn't mean that that just goes away. Like mm-hmm. that means that you're doing something right, that your product's where it should be. Like if you're, I'm a big believer that if the product is great, like, you know, do you do your best to get yourself out there and do all those things? But like, if your product is not good, it's never going to happen. If it's great, you got a chance and go with it. But trust that that product, no matter if you said yes, I, I think it's better to say no for right now than say yes and fail because product being great is only one half of it that'll help with sales later on. But like, if you kill that relationship that you'll never get back. Right. Yeah. And, and a lot of times like the big retailers won't say, are you sure you're, you know, they're not going to hold you through it. So it's really thinking about, yeah. yeah, the end user, like, are you upholding like how you're coming across to consumers and everything like that? So I'm glad you, you pointed that out. I also think it would be really interesting if you shared more about um, how you decided to make the jump um, from, you know, doing Cantina Royal part-time to going all in. Like, what were some of the deciding factors that were like, okay, it's the time? I mean, I, well, COVID, kind of. So all of this you know, it's been like the time of the great pivot or whatever, where everyone's been shifting and reassessing and things like that. And ours just kind of happened organically before we were really conscious that we were making that decision, if that makes any sense. So we had this brick and mortar, we were running it. Uh, We got the, we had started doing everything, all the back stuff to get the sauces ready. Um, and then we found out that we were uh, slated to be on Hot Ones in like late 2019 for the like whatever that next season was, which was going to premiere mid-February 2020. We're like, oh, this is so awesome. We're going to be a live brick and mortar restaurant when this is like playing to hundreds of millions of people. We're going to have so many people coming through the restaurant like two weeks later COVID and like full restaurant shut down in NYC two weeks after that so it was just it didn't go as we imagined it let's say but you know whatever does but (laughs) while one thing was you know seeming very uncertain and all of that stuff the other thing was doing really great. So it just seemed like a natural place to focus more energy on. And then, you know, I think you can plan and plan and plan. And I think it's great to um, really type A. So I'm all about the plans. But 
at at some point you just have to if the universe is pushing you one way you just got to be able to roll with it and and we were at the at the natural conclusion of a 10 year lease at our at our brick and mortar and you know just had some very reticent landlords we're like ready to sign on for another 15 like it's all going to be great oh it, like and now it's COVID. So we'll negotiate a really great lease price. Like life is going to be amazing. We were ready to renew a lease actively, like negotiating too. And then it was more and more. They were, our landlords wanted to give us a two year lease so that they could hike it up. God knows how much as soon as like possible. And we were just like, why? Why are we struggling? Why are we like, giving ourselves heartaches and headaches and all of this stuff to, to like put their children through college. Like we don't need to do that. We can do this. And yeah. And it was such a freeing, incredible decision that I'm, I'm so happy that we did it. And, but it, but it was definitely like a, it was still a leap of faith, you know, because you went from a very regular income to like, now it's just all on, you know, it's all on me, basically, whatever I can sell. So there's a different kind of pressure. So that was that. That's why that's why we did this. But I don't know, hospitality is kind of in our blood a little bit. And there's some there's some things in the future that we're excited about that we're actively planning towards, like, there will be some uh, a flagship location. But right now, focusing on this, yeah. One thing at a right time, right? One thing at a time, but yeah. <laughs> that is, um, you know, interesting. I thought you were going to have like some hard data numbers, like at this point, it's time to jump in, but most decisions don't happen that way unless you're like maybe an engineer. I don't know. So it it is cool to see that, you know, it just happened organically and you go with the feels sometimes and mm-hmm. you just make it work, you know? Yeah. But no, I feel for anybody that's, you know, going through that right now. That's a, mm-hmm. it's a tough decision to make. I think it's also a really personal decision. It it worked out for us, but you know, there's no, I don't think there's any, there's no shame in doing it any way you can. Like this is a business that accepts everyone and, you know, we all have our own metrics and yeah. yeah. I think it's like the importance of going with your gut. It's like, do I want to sign this two-year lease where I know that it's not going to be in my best interest or do Mm -hmm. I want to like pursue a dream? So Mm -hmm. I think that that's something that a lot of people can resonate with for sure. And then once that other thing is cut off, you kind of are like, well, now I, you have to push forward with the thing you have and maybe it gets you somewhere faster than you might've been able to do it with a more limited bandwidth. So yeah, yeah, there's, you know, there's trade-offs to like cutting the security net kind of. Yeah. Yeah, Trade-offs for everything, every decision. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's super exciting to see the growth that you've had and how you got started, how you're here now fully in CPG. But we also mentioned that you are a member of our growth course, which we're so happy to have you part of our community. So we'd love to ask you how the course has so far helped you on this journey of marketing your CPG brand? Well, as I've told you guys, I came to this like not knowing anything and that, and there's so many 
it's like there's so many parts of this business and it's so hard it's nearly it's impossible for one person to be great at all of the parts and um things i i love that course i knew it was something we needed to we had some great source material that we needed to activate and it was just such a you know it, it's such a like the thought of having to become an expert at something else <laughs> while doing everything else was just you know soul crushing to me at the time i i could not get even the motivation to do it yet i knew it needed to be you know and it just was one of those things that was just on the list forever on the list and like never could get motivated to get to it and joining the course just made it really much more like actionable for us yeah i found that it's not my favorite thing and i <laughs> out outsourced it a bit but that's great still, still in house still in my house yeah my my dear boyfriend is our now director of sales and marketing and he like is a data nerd so he freaking loves it it was just like learning the kpis and the metrics and he's like constantly trying to explain it to me and i'm like you know what you get it so go with it i'll stick with the creatives <laughs> <laughs> that no that's that's so great like i mean understanding how it works you know is is very important but understanding where your skills lie and where you know seeing like your partner where his skills lie and just making sure you know that everyone's working to their optimal um you know what their brains are good at basically so mm -hmm. I, think that, I think that's really smart um so is your partner doing the marketing right now for you guys yeah kind of cool. I mean well you know when you're it's a small business I'm still definitely have a pretty big hand in it but he he deals with all the like paid advertising and optimizing and and all of that stuff and building that he like built a really great funnel like you guys know it's been a disaster zone with the iOS changes and like we when we started it was like oh wow this is like not cuz we had some great source material um obviously from hot ones and stuff it we're like this is awesome this is easy and then it like immediately hit and we're like oh no like we we are spending way too much money for who knows what we're getting but he to like took that time and used the course and built this like really strong funnel that like even though i think we cut our budget in like a full half with like no decrease in in sale and like barely a decrease in traffic hitting the site it's like a nice healthy funnel that's super exciting to hear yeah which is like something and and we use that data for other things like we use it for you know hitting up brick and mortars too we're like we get this kind of consistent traffic on our site everybody like we need where these people are spending like a premium to get it shipped to them like we want to make it easier for them to get it from you for cheaper like it's a no brainer look at all you know we can show that data so 
Yeah, that's such a good point that we drive home when we do retailer specific ads for our clients. It's like, you're definitely sharing that with the buyer. You are definitely giving them all of the information of the things that you're doing to push your brand and get it off the shelf. So yeah, absolutely. So and you sound so like you sound so like, I feel like groceries are completely outdated industry for the most part. I mean, other than like, you know, the pop-up grocers or whatever of the world, most like grocery, especially conventional grocery is just like, to- like they can't even like go online to order something. Like some people just text me, <laughs> which is like a nightmare, but, or like send an email, even though it's like, you could just go on the portal, but you know, you have to meet them where they are, but yeah. If you can show them like, look at this, they're like so impressed and you just seem to know what you're talking about more, I think. And all of that stuff is really good when you're trying to convince them to give you precious shelf space. Heck yes. We love that you're doing like specific, you're looking into geo-targeted ads to be able to kind of push retail traffic, push, push foot traffic, and also like appeal to the grocers. I think that that's very smart and something that we definitely encourage brands to do. Yes. Thank you for the language to do it. (laughs) Of course. We were happy to support. Awesome. Well, Diana, it's been so nice chatting with you and learning more about the brand more than we knew, even though we've had the opportunity to try it and love it. Um, But is there anything, any final statement uh, that you want to give to our listeners? If you are interested (laughs) in trying hot sauce near you, like, please reach out. Let me know, you know, fun retailers with great adventurous food sections. Uh, We're, we're in the, we're in that phase of like, we're getting ready to like grow big and we want to know where people would want to find us. And yeah. And if anyone has any questions, like feel free to reach out to me. I'm like so happy to help out. I'm, um, the community lead in NYC for Startup CPG, which is a great CPG community. Yeah, I'm just, you know, happy to help where I can. Awesome. I have to add in real quick. Um, and if you're a consumer looking for really amazing hot sauce um, or my favorite, personal favorite is the garlic chili oil. Is what, yes. what, is, it? Or what is it? So it's beautiful toasted edible chili peppers, which is a red dried chili pepper from Mexico. Nice heat, really great, like earthy flavor. Yeah. I was telling you guys earlier, it's definitely like hot chili oil summer. It's been, it's been coming for a while, but I feel like we're like really there before, you know, for the U S consumer in general, like hot sauce in a jar was not something that anybody had any idea about. And now with, you know, people with fly by Jing and like chili crisps and, you know, people, it's time to upgrade from Trader Joe's. Okay. And there's like a big, like hot chili oil world out there and we're so happy to be a part of it. (laughs) Yeah. It's so good. Um, so Sold definitely... out right now on the website, but definitely yes, check back in one say. week. Check back <laughs> in one week. We'll be restocked. We cannot keep it in stock. It is yeah. just going. Yeah. It's got this nice big garlicky flavor, that big bump of garlic, a little more than 
your average chili crisp and it's just great on everything. Yum. (laughs) Diana, thank you so much again. Um, And we hope to, you know, talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much, guys. This was fun. My Social Circle is a CPG agency-driven podcast based out of Austin, Texas. We're excited to share more behind-the-scenes insights, chats with industry leaders, and whatever else we learn along the way. Follow us on Instagram at umaimarketing or check out our website, umaimarketing.com. Catch you back here soon.